Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 93 today in NBA TV Tuesday here on Tuesday, March 15th, 2016. And obviously, as you all know, the official beginning of the NCAA tournament tonight with the first four, two of the first four games in the world of the NCAA tournament. The field of 68 gets it going tonight as Florida Gulf Coast gets it going as they face off against Fairly Dickinson. Welcome on into the Hoopers Log. It is episode 93 here in the Seat Geek Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. Uh, feel free to call in. The phone number is 323-642-1558. We're going to have a quick show today. Not much to really get into. Obviously, NBA recap. Uh, kind of talk about what happened in the world of basketball last night. A Kind of a crazy night in the NBA. Obviously, a bunch of teams just kind of falling off. Good teams just, just, just not playing well. Like I said, the dog days of the NBA are here. Part two. The dog days are in January, and then you also have the dog days in March when the NCAA madness is going on. Uh, that's generally what goes on around this time of year in the world of basketball, as obviously the world of college basketball takes over uh, amongst everything else. Andrew Norris is not in today. He's very sick, very, very sick. He's in the hospital, uh, not doing too well. Uh, we will try to get him back on the show tomorrow if possible. If not, we all understand. If you've ever been to the hospital, it is a brutal, brutal time. Uh, so hopefully uh, prayers go out to him, and hopefully he will be okay. Um, but uh, we will preview the first four today, uh, both games, or all four games. We'll preview two of the games that are on tonight, and then we'll preview the games for Wednesday. And then Wednesday, we will, we will talk about the first four, if any of them were classic. Obviously, we'll talk about uh, what happened on, uh, we'll talk about what happened on uh, Tuesday. We'll, we'll preview Wednesday again. We'll actually just, we'll just preview the first two games today. We'll preview Wednesday games, and then we'll also talk about the tournament in the morning on Thursday, the 17th. We'll give you our picks. I'm about... 30, I'd say 25, 30% way through my bracket. I'm definitely about nearly done with, with one side of the bracket. The whole bracket overall is not done. I have a lot of research left to do when it comes to making picks um, and who I think is going to go. I'm no expert by any means. No one is an expert when it comes to bracketology. Um, but I've been fairly successful over the years in at least getting deep in the tournament and knowing who makes it far. Um, and this is one of those years where I feel like looking at the brackets, it's it's really determined on who wins early. Like for example, that Cincinnati, uh, that Cincinnati St. Joe's game has a big determinant. If Cincinnati wins that game, they can easily beat Oregon in the next round. If St. Joe's wins, well, I can see Oregon beating St. Joe's. Uh, if Duke can get on to the next round and they play Cincinnati, who's to say Cincinnati can't beat Duke? It's it's a you know one game can really decide it all in in the NCAA tournament because matchups and how teams play and the way teams uh, can play on given days. Um, 
and changes the way your perspective is on how the tournament could actually go um, altogether, at least from the beginner perspective. You know, obviously, as the tournament goes forward and you see how teams play against one another, you start to think you, you totally screwed up on your bracket and your bracket was horrible and whatnot. That's where you kind of make the decision early. Or, I mean, everyone knows that the tournament, the entire tournament is not built on upsets and things like that. It's the first weekend. The first weekend is where really – your bracket either busts or begins. Now, if your bracket is pretty good going into week two, you're more than likely going to have a very, very good NCAA uh, bracket. Because by the time everyone gets out of week out of, out of the first weekend, you know, first four days of the tournament, that's when you pretty much – if you can't make it out of the first weekend, you know your bracket's done. Like, if you've lost, like, four or five of your Elite Eight teams and only two of your Final Four teams are alive and only one championship team still alive going into the weekend – the second weekend, you know your, your your chances are are not very good, if not impossible, to come back and play well because you need everyone you need to win. Now, if you have six of your final, if you have six of your elite eight teams or seven of your elite eight teams going into the the second weekend, and you have you know both of you have all your final four matchups, maybe you missed one, and you and you have both your championship teams available going into the second weekend, you're going to do very well. You are. You are going to do very well going into the second weekend because stats are highly likely that you're going to the, – the, the teams that you picked more than likely that are going to go deep are the teams that are more than likely going to win to go into the next round, and your odds only go up. So it, it, it really becomes down to the first weekend, and as you know, these are the first couple of games. Obviously, Michigan and Tulsa is going to dictate how I'm going to pick uh, that game between Notre Dame and Michigan or Tulsa. Uh, and then you also have Vanderbilt and Wichita State. That game's going to decide, you know, who's going to win that one. I mean, I think Wichita State can compete against a team like Arizona, but if Vanderbilt wins, I don't think Vanderbilt has really much of a chance. So it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to that game, really. And, and who's to say Florida Gulf Coast can't at least compete with uh, University of North Carolina? With what Florida Gulf Coast did three years ago, as we've mentioned multiple times on the show, who's to say that they can't compete with a team like, uh, like, like UNC? and bring it down to the wire and potentially even win and, and make the biggest upset in NCAA history ever if they win over North Carolina. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it will. But uh, we got a lot to get to on the show today. If you'd like to call any of the phone number is 323-642-1558. It's a quick show today. Obviously not a lot going on. Kevin Hart, get it in going on, baby. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Well, let's recap NBA real quick. Obviously not very good in our picks last night as we went as we went three and six in our picks last night, a horrible night overall. But the Mavericks did get a victory over the Hornets, one hundred seven to ninety six. The Ma- the Horn the not the Hornets, but the the Dallas Mavericks just keep chugging, man. They're only two they're only two games up on the Utah Jazz in the eighth spot as we speak. I mentioned this before the season began. Dallas will be one of those teams that might fade near the end of the season. Who's to say the Utah Jazz can't catch them? As what the Utah Jazz did last night was absolutely impressive, beating the Cleveland Cavaliers ninety four to eighty five. Granted, they were on the they were in. Utah, so they played very well. But when it came to the Cleveland Cavaliers, awful. They looked dreadful. Ron James had to pull out twenty, had to pull out twelve rebounds just to keep them within the ball game, and, and the Jazz still found a way to dominate. A down, a down night for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're now forty-seven and nineteen. I said this before the season: an Eastern Conference team will not have tw- will not have sixty wins this year. The Cavs cannot lose four more games by the end of the season, or else there will not be a sixty-win team in the Eastern Conference. The Cavs still can win thirteen games and win twenty or win 60 games this season, but they still have to go through the gauntlet of their season, which is down the stretch here, which is tough. And, and if they want to go 16 and four, or excuse me, uh, 16 and three, the rest of the way, they can do it and they can get there, but it's going to be a difficult road or, you know, how, whatever they need to do to, to get, to get to that, uh, 
to get to that 60-win uh, mark, it's going to be tough. For an Eastern Conference team, I don't see a 60-win team in the Eastern Conference this year, and the Jazz kind of proved it. I mean, 32-35, and 35, they're only two games back now, the Dallas Mavericks. Look out for that, because obviously Denver is now four games back of Utah. Utah is only two games back of Dallas, and, and, and they're only realistically, you know, two games back still of Houston. So the, the chance of the Jazz getting into the postseason is still very high. Can they do it? Yeah, it, it's just going to take a lot of patience, a lot of determination, a lot of guts for Utah to really come out of nowhere and get it done in the West. They have to be very – they have to tread water. they got to find ways to win games when they can't. And that was what happened last night when they beat the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. A huge win for the Utah Jazz. As the Dallas Mavericks pulled out an upset over the, over the Charlotte Hornets, who have been hot. They won seven in a row coming into this ballgame. Dallas goes into Charlotte, gets the victory. They win 107-96, to 96, and they stave off their winning streak, and they find a way to get it done to stay in that postseason race. Uh, the Heat beat the Nuggets 124-119, to 119, a big win there. The Wild Dang, 17 points, 8 rebounds, a big game for them, as the Heat can keep chugging along. Currently, the Heat, they stand still at the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference, a half game back of Boston, only one game up on Atlanta. They're very close within that area, and they're finding ways to win games that they need to do to stay relevant in the Eastern Conference, in the middle portion of the pack in the Eastern Conference. Bulls beat the Raptors in a big upset there, as the Bulls are still fighting their way to get into the postseason. Now they're now they're they they had the tiebreaker over the Pistons as of right now, and they're the eighth spot in the East. They're only a half game up, really one win up in the in the win column, and one win up in the loss column. So realistically, like one game up in the in the standings, really. And they've they've played two less games than the Pistons, so they're only like really like half a game, barely. Their their winning percentage is only like point zero zero one ahead of the Pistons right now. So they're barely ahead of the Pistons as we speak. But that could flip-flop all, all March long. And by the end of the season, who knows who, who could come out of that top spot. So, and obviously the Wizards and the, and the Bucks are right there, right behind them. Uh, and the Pacers still only a game and a half up on the Bulls. So you've got a lot going on there in the bottom portion of the Eastern Conference. And with the Charlotte Hornets lost the other, uh, last night, I mean, only two and a half games back of an eighth spot now. It, it's, a, it's very dicey now in the bottom portion of the Eastern Conference, and the Wizards destroyed the Pistons, not helping their chances of getting in, beating them by 43 last night, 124-81. to 81. Absolute dominating performance, blowout city by the Wizards as they get a big-time victory there again. Now they find themselves only about two-and-a-half games back of an eighth spot in the, in the Eastern Conference, and if the Wizards can find a way to get back into the postseason with this kind of run, I don't think they'll compete with a team like Cleveland, but getting back into the postseason will give them momentum to get into a big-time spot next season, especially in the offseason trying to pick up free agents. The, 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 uh, the Houston Rockets beat the Grizzlies by 49 points, and James Harden only had 15 points. You would think if the Houston Rockets beat a team by 49, nearly 50 points, blowout city, by the way, if Houston beat a team like that, then you're looking at a, you're looking at a team that probably would have had James Harden go off for like 40. No, he only scored 15. That's an entire team performance by the Houston Rockets. And this kind of performance by the Houston Rockets, playing an entire an entirety the way they played as a team, dominating this way over a, you know, the Grizzlies aren't a great team, but they're still chugging along and they're still a tough team. 39 wins in the Western Conference with about, you know, 15 games to go is very impressive. And with that being said, the Dallas Mavericks are finding ways to, I mean, excuse me, the Houston Rockets are finding ways to really improve their team and boost their morale as time goes forward. You talk about a team in the Houston Rockets who have found a way to, to, to start really implementing a team philosophy here over the last couple of weeks now, and it's starting to look good from the standpoint of getting wins. And from that perspective, in the Houston Rockets playing the way that they've been playing, 
you can't you can't knock them for knocking it for beating a team like the Memphis Grizzlies the way they did. Look, one thirty to eighty one is no joke. It, it, that is an absolute just just mauler of a game, and they held Memphis to nineteen points in the second and fifteen points in the third, while scoring thirty points every single quarter. I mean that is that is that is just absolute domination. A team filled uh you know uh, stat sheet stuffer there by that team, and, and they, got it, they got it done. And they're finding ways to win late in the year. And if they play a team, I, I, don't, I don't think they'll beat San Antonio or Golden State, but if they play a team like the, the, the Los Angeles Clippers or the Oklahoma City Thunder, who's to say they can't upset one of those two teams in the NBA playoffs in the first round? It could happen if they play this way in a seven-game series. Now, if they play the way they normally have, which is majority of what they've done all season, which is James Harden and a bunch of nobodies, that's where it'll become a, a tough stretch, and there's no way they win at least three. They won't win two games in the postseason if they play that way. But if they play the way they played last night, that is where you'll see a domination come from the Houston Rockets. The Thunder absolutely destroyed the Trailblazers last night. They beat them by, by 32 or 34, excuse me, 128 to 94. Uh, Russell Westbrook had a giant triple-double, 17 points, 10 rebounds, and 16 assists. His 12th triple-double of the season, again, Russell Westbrook taking it to the house. Uh, understanding why he needs to get his team into the postseason. They now have 45 victories. 45 victories is what they had last season, and they're on pace to get 55, 60 wins this season. I don't know about 60 because they got to go undefeated the rest of the way to get 60, but they have a chance to go for 50, 55 wins this season and find a way to get deep into that uh, Western Conference conversation to be a legit contender. And they could play a team like the Portland Trailblazers, like Houston. Houston would be a tougher matchup, and Portland would be an easier matchup from the standpoint of, you know, the backcourt of the, of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Portland Trailblazers having the young guns that they have. But the Portland Trailblazers are a team where you see, uh, you, you see a Portland Trailblazer team that is, is, is really playing well, but I think they're a little overrated heading into the postseason. Look, I think the bottom three teams in the Western Conference between Portland, Houston, and Dallas – is really is really a mythology of these teams. These teams are not as good as they as they should be. Look, Dallas, I thought coming into the season was an under underrated or overrated team when it came to their perspective of getting into the postseason. Houston clearly has underachieved this season and not played the way we all expected them to play coming in with the talent that they got. And then the Trailblazers have completely overachieved and what they've done this year in Memphis. As I mentioned earlier, when Memphis got when Marcus All got hurt about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I mentioned this. Look, Memphis, once they, got, once they lost Marcus Hall, they became an instant pretender in the Western Conference. And if they keep playing well, who's to say they can't get that fourth spot? But I, I, for the way it is in the, in the Western Conference right now, when it comes to the top four seeds, I don't see those top four seeds coming off anytime soon. Uh, and then uh, the Suns beat the Timberwolves last night, 107 to 104, two teams really that are done waiting kind of for the season to end, just kind of getting some, getting some playing time under their feet. The Suns get the victory now, 18 and 49. They've, they've put on a pretty good stretch here over the last couple of weeks now. As they've, as they've really caught wind and, and, and got their feet underneath them and played some pretty good basketball, 107-104 is the victory. And the Timberwolves keep struggling, 21-46 and 46 now. Both teams really just kind of waiting for the season to end. And then, obviously, on Steph Curry's 28th birthday, he goes off for 27 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. And the Warriors get their 60th win of the season, 31-0 at home, 60-6 and six now. Again, the, the greatest start in NBA history, the fastest to 60 victories in NBA history. And they're now one with a win, 125-107, to 107, dominating the Pelicans by 18 points, covering the spread. Uh, obviously, the Pelicans would keep it closer, but that was not the case. Steph Curry went off on his 28th birthday, and the Warriors get the victory. That's your, really your NBA recap last night. Again, a tough one for us when it came to picks. Um, and uh, we'll give you our picks here in just a moment. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. Like I said, when it, came to, when it comes to March Madness, I have been – 
I have been diligently looking through my picks, seeing who I need to, who I, who I'm going to take to the next round, what what I'm expecting to see. A lot of changes coming up here when it comes to you know overall picks and what I'm going to be making, and, and a lot of changes that I will expect to be making before tip off on Thursday morning. And again, that show on Thursday will be about 8:30 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. 11.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. I think it's actually 11 a.m. I forget. It's either 11.30 or 11 a.m. Uh, it's one or the other on the East Coast, and so it'll be before the tip-off of the NCAA tournament begins, and we will get you all set up and squared away for that first episode. And then at night on Thursday, we will give you a recap of what happened on the first round of games in the NCAA tournament, and we'll get you that all to you on Thursday. So we'll have two shows for you. On Thursday, let's kind of preview what's going to happen in the world of basketball tonight. The world of college basketball, obviously, the first four games. Florida Gulf Coast plays fairly Dickinson. Look, Florida Gulf Coast and what they did two, three years ago in the NCAA tournament—you can't let it go unnoticed. These guys, some of these guys were still on that team back then. Some of them were freshmen, and some of them are still there. Florida Gulf Coast, five and a half point favorites. Take them. They should get the victory, and they should win big. And if they win big in this one, don't expect them to come in to play UNC. Uh, easily because they should come in and play a pretty tough one there. Wichita State, Vanderbilt, probably one of the better, if not one of the best first-round games or or first four games we've ever seen. Wichita State favored by three and a half. Take them. They're going to get the victory, but it's going to be a big, big game, and I think it's going to be a close one all the way down the stretch. And we'll break down the games for you tomorrow uh, between Michigan and Tulsa and Holy Cross and Southern. We'll get you those games, and we'll talk about those tomorrow on here on the Hoopers Lock. But let's preview the world of basketball for you tonight as it is an NBA Tuesday, uh, NBA Tuesday kind of night. There are six games on the docket in the NBA. Uh, we're going to give you all of our picks, and we're going to run through them for you. One game on, on NBA TV tonight, and that would be the Clippers at Spurs, obviously one of the bigger games of the night. Clippers go into San Antonio. San Antonio trying to defend that home court advantage. San Antonio favored by nine. Do not take the plus nine. Take the, take, do not take the minus nine. Take the plus nine for the Clippers. Take those points because guess what? The Clippers, they're playing well, but at the same time, I think the Spurs will win. But they're going to keep it close. They're going to keep it They're going to keep it a close game. The Spurs will win, but it will definitely be a close one there. Take the Clippers plus the nine points. Raptors, our favorite, two-point favorites over the Bucks. Take the Raptors. They should dominate the Bucks, especially after the way they played against the Bulls last night. Brooklyn is favored by eight over the Sixers. Take the 76ers plus the eight. They should find a way to keep it close in that one as well. Nuggets and Magic. Magic are favored by a point and a half. They should get the victory there. Uh, uh, the Nuggets should. They should at least dominate over the Magic again. Take a lot of upsets in this one and, and today because of what happened yesterday. There were a lot of big-time upsets in the, in the, uh, in the picks world. Uh, so take Denver plus the one and a half. Celtics and Pacers. Take the Pacers minus the two. They're in Indiana. If they were in Boston, I would say different. But since they're in Indiana, take Indiana minus the two. And then the final game of the night. Kings and Lakers take the Lakers plus the three with their young talent and how they've been playing. They're going to play a pretty good game and they might win this one against the Kings. So there you go. Those are your picks for tonight. A quick show here on the Hoopers log again, not much going on here in the world of basketball, but we are out of here again, a quick one today and we will set you up for tomorrow. Episode 93 is in the books Tuesday, March 15th, uh, 2016 in the books today. And we are going to get you out of here on a quick 20 minute show. Again, episode 94 tomorrow, we will talk about, more about what's to, ha- what's to come in the world of college basketball for Thursday. Obviously, as the first round gets started, uh, the first four begins tonight. Obviously, more games start tomorrow in the first four, and then the big one starts on, thir- on Thursday, the first 16 games in the round of 64. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy the basketball, and go watch that game between the Clippers and Spurs on NBA TV. Have a good one, everybody.